11 is here. Welcome into Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Frank Stample joined by Sinajad and no Mike McClure. Funny story about that. Mike's building is getting their windows washed right now, and his dog, Chief, is going absolutely crazy. He just can't stop barking. So that's legitimately the reason why Mike isn't here today. He still sent us a bunch of his picks. Uh, he hooked us up with some ownership. And of course, uh, when we do our cheat sheet later on, we'll have uh, Mike's thoughts on some of those as well. Week 11, deep dive. Each game on the main slate, we have 12 games this week. That's right, only one game, uh, only two teams on a bye. So as a result, we have 12 games back here on the main slate. We will have my dad's sneaky DFS picks later on. Try and get back on track there. Uh, and of course, our cheat sheet, our favorite value, chalk, contrarian, and stack. And see, we were talking beforehand. It's kind of a unique slate because there's 12 games, but nine of them are on the early portion of the slate and only three are in the afternoon slate. So... I, I think that's pretty unique because those three games in the afternoon, at least two of them are going to carry a lot of ownership with the Cowboys Chiefs and with the Raiders Bengals. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and honestly, depending on the injury status of Kyler Murray, you, you might get some ownership just to, in, in a contrarian way with Arizona and Seattle. I mean, it, that one lines up to be like a supreme contrarian stack because nobody knows what's going on with Kyler in terms of his ankle injury. And nobody knows if Russell Wilson is going to be the Russell Wilson pre-hand um, injury. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So my, my only thought there from a strategic standpoint, is if you have certain pieces in the one o'clock games, which most people will, no matter how much you're stacking, you know, Cincinnati in Vegas or Dallas, Kansas City or Arizona, Seattle, you're likely to have three or four pieces in the one o'clock games. And if they go ice cold, I mean, if you're seeing snowflakes at the end of four o'clock, you know, you may want to consider pivoting off not all of your chalky players in the four o'clock games, but you certainly want to maybe change things up a little bit. Like if you have a, a high owned, let's say Tyreek Hill or CeeDee Lamb, and we'll talk about some of the, the ownership stuff as the show goes, but you might want to consider pivoting off that if your one o'clock guys crash and burn. So it's something just, just to consider, listen, you listen to this show and hopefully those one o'clock guys are just fine. So you don't even have to worry about late swapping, but it's always something to keep in mind. No, don't worry. One o'clock games. I've got some great Dolphins Jets picks for you coming up a little bit later on. Let's start with the Colts at the Bills up top. The Bills are seven point favorites with a 50 point total here. All odds come via Caesar Sportsbook and a little bit of weather to pay attention to here. 40 degrees as of now forecasting possible light rain out in Buffalo. So let's pay attention to that. But for the Colts, uh, pretty important pieces missing at practice on Wednesday. Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, and uh, TJ Carey on defense, and then Eric Fisher and Brandon Smith on the offensive line. Uh, for the Bills, it sounds like Cole Beasley was limited on Thursday, so he didn't practice Wednesday, returned to a limited practice on Thursday, and then uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds did not practice on Thursday. Let's start with uh, Jonathan Taylor here, Sia, because he's just been running wild, 110 plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown in seven straight games. He also had a 23% target share last week. You love to see that. The second highest priced running back on DraftKings. He's the third highest on FanDuel. But what's happening here is we, we have a lot of running back value already on the slate. Christian McCaffrey is all the way up here as well. And it's it's a pretty tough matchup. The Bills are allowing just 3.67 yards per carry to running backs this season. So how do you feel about JT this week? And uh, how does he compare to these other high-priced running backs? CMC, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb are, are the ones that come to mind there. 
Yeah, I th- I think JT is GSP, otherwise known as game script proof. And, and I think he's a really nice play this week because, to your point, people are going elsewhere. This is the week they've decided, well, thank you, JT. We love what you've done for us, but it's a tough matchup on the road against the Buffalo Bills run defense. With all of that said, I you know, he's expensive. Again, that's why the, his ownership is going to stay pretty low. I, I genuinely think he could have a great game against the Bills. So I think if you're stacking this game, it's a really interesting stack because it'll be different. People aren't going to – they might want to pay up for Josh Allen and Diggs maybe, but there's other stacks, right? Dak and CeeDee Lamb. Let's say uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. I, I know we've talked, Frank, uh, all week about the Joe Burrow game with you know the Las Vegas Raiders. So there's really other ways to go, and I think – this one is going to get kind of missed, but it's still 49 and a half point total. It's still t- over 28 implied points for the Bills, over 21 for Indianapolis, which isn't great, but you know they they can exceed that total. I like a Josh Allen stack with Stefan Diggs, and I don't think you have to bring it back with a pass catcher. We know JT is getting plenty of target share. You just said it at 23% last week. He's going to run the ball. And we know that the Bills can pass against the Indianapolis Colts because their secondary is not nearly as good as as their front seven. So I like this game in general, which means I also like Jonathan Taylor. I think Pittman is fine. I think if you want to take a shot at at a guy like a T.Y. Hilton at a super low price, that's fine, too. But, yeah, I'm going to have pieces of this game, including Jonathan Taylor, for sure. Josh Allen, you mentioned the name, highest priced quarterback on both sites. And this is a great matchup for him going up against the Colts secondary. Personally, I'm looking at going with one of Mahomes or Dak in cash. I think you can spend down on Cam Newton in cash if you wanted to do that as well. But Allen, of course, always in play in tournaments. Uh, And if you're looking to stack this game, Stephon Diggs coming off one of his best games of the season. Eight catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown on a 46% target share. That's right, 46% last week. Uh, Sounds like Cole Beasley is going to go. I mean, there's a few other pieces there. Dawson Knox is 4K. Gabriel Davis is 3,900. Uh, do you have any interest in going back to Cole Beasley at 4,800, assuming he plays in this game? It's, it seems like this rib injury is, is still pretty serious for him. Yeah, I, I like to pride myself on being really up to speed on the injury news. And and we we talked about a lot of guys that, that we this show ended up being right on in terms of guys sitting out like your Kyler Murray's last week, the week before. But I got this Cole Beasley one wrong. You know how we know that is because my my best GPP lineup was double stacked last week with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Cole Beasley. We had it on Tuesday's show. And I didn't think the Cole Beasley thing was a big deal because they had taken him off the injury report. His injury designation last week, I think, fell off on Friday. So, but then, you know, what does he have? Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he had under 10 snaps last week or something. He played fi- super- 15% total snaps. Right. So. so obviously that was a big issue. And, and it gave rise to guys like Gabriel Davis, who, who finally emerged and, and got a few more targets. And Dawson Knox was clearly back. So no, they, that, that's a long way of saying I have no interest in Cole Beasley, not because he's a bad player or this is a bad matchup. It's just I don't know what's going on with that injury. I think if you're playing like a huge GPP, like a, you know, um, um, you know, an MME, for example, 150 entry. I think Gabriel Davis is actually kind of interesting. But for me, it's probably going to be Stefan Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders in terms of who do you want to stack Josh Allen with? Yeah, I think I'm there with you too. If I'm playing any kind of single entry three max, then I'm probably looking at Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs up top. Maybe you bring it back with Jonathan Taylor or Michael Pittman on the other side. It is a tough matchup for Pittman. According to Pro Football Focus, uh, this is a below average wide receiver cornerback matchup for Michael Pittman. He is 6,100, uh, but I think that could make for a good contrarian play. And uh, wait, getting what is this? Breaking news. He is here, Mike McClure. What is yes. going on, buddy? You made it. 
I made it. Sorry, I was late, guys. I uh, actually was in a little bit of traffic. I had run out of liquid death and uh, <laughs> was trying to get back in time, and I couldn't make it. So, uh, give us back. the status. Give here. us the status report on Chief. Yeah, how's, how's Chief doing? doing? Uh, Chief is good. We're asleep on the floor already. It was an exhausting uh, little sixty-minute period there of window cleaning. Um, happens every four months. He has not gotten used to it yet. So. All right. Well, you know, we were just wrapping up our first game. We were talking about the the Bills and Colts. Do you have any quick thoughts that you'd like to throw in before we get on to our next game? Uh, I don't have a ton of thoughts on this one. Uh, I'll be avoiding Jonathan Taylor myself this week. Uh, just I think it's a little more difficult of a matchup. And once again, I want to prioritize those premium wide receivers. So at this point in the week, I'm mostly fading it. Um, I think it could be an interesting time to buy back in on Cole Beasley as a standalone play in a tournament. Um, just I, I think it, people have a bad taste after the last performance. But other than that, uh, I'm not playing either quarterback and mostly a stay away in, the, in that game for me. Let's move on to the Packers at Vikings. The Packers are one and a half point favorites with a 47 and a half point total. This opened around 50 points and has been bet down. So keep that in mind uh, for the Packers. Aaron Jones is out one to two weeks with an MCL sprain. Aaron Rodgers did not practice on Thursday because of a toe injury. So Wednesday, we saw the same thing and thought, all right, well, Thursday, he should be back. Everything's fine. We're going to have to monitor this because now it's two days in a row. Uh, Aaron Rodgers dealing with this injury. Alan Lazard also did not practice. Devonta Adams, Kevin King, and Rashawn Gary were all limited. And for the Vikings, Bashad Breland and outside linebacker Anthony Barr were also limited in practice. A.J. Dillon set up to be mega chalk here, 6,200 on DraftKings, 7K on FanDuel, coming off a monster game, 23 touches, 128 yards, two touchdowns, 10 red zone opportunities last week alone. That is a massive, massive number. Uh, see, I assume this is a lock in cash, but what do we do in tournaments when it comes to Dillon? It is it is pretty much a lock in cash. And in tournaments, I still kind of like him. Uh, I, it's one of those where I, I kind of want to be a part of the party when he goes off, which he, he really should against Minnesota. And, and I think, and I'm curious what Mike's opinion is on this with Aaron Rodgers potentially having some sort of injury. I mean, he's, he's going to play, but I, I wonder if this is going to be a, a ball control A.J. Dillon game. That doesn't mean it's not a Devontae Adams game, too, because it's always a Devontae Adams game. But I wonder if this is just feed A.J. Dillon until until submission. And, you know, so I like him in GPP. I don't love him in GPP. He's not a lock button in GPP by any means, but in cash he is. Yeah, I mentioned this on our Tuesday podcast. I mean, the way the Packers are playing right now, it's kind of what we saw from the Cowboys earlier in the season where we we expected the Cowboys to to be this team that was getting into shootouts again because, you know, their defense was lackluster. The Packers are in a similar spot now. Their defense is playing really well, and they've been able to run the ball effectively. So I don't know if they want to get into a shootout here with the uh, Minnesota Vikings, with Aaron Rodgers beat up. Frankly, Devonta Adams is beat up as well. So, Mike, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't know how much this matters at all, but last year when the pa- Packers went to Minnesota, Rodgers had a massive game, 364, four touchdowns, and uh, Devonta Adams went 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. It's a really strong matchup here, but I kind of I, I I hear what C is saying. I, I think that they just kind of want to play ball control at this point. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of ball control, but the good news is this team, the con- the targets are relatively concentrated. Like we know it's Devontae Adams. Before that, we knew it was Aaron Jones and a little bit of AJ Dillon. Like those are the three pieces that you would consider week in, week out, pretty much regardless of matchup, even. Like any given week, Aaron Jones was going to be a fine tournament play. 
Now we just remove Aaron Jones from the equation. And the fact that they know that he's likely to return in one to two weeks and is not a season ending injury, I think that they might be willing to unleash A.J. Dillon completely and, and just go massive workload there. So when that's happening, I think it's going to be just those two guys. So there's a reason why they're the two highest owned players in the ownership projections. Uh, I think they're both fantastic plays. A.J. Dillon's going to be in that territory of Dearness Johnson and Mark Ingram from last week, where you're just simply going to be playing him in pretty much every lineup, or at least I will be. Um, just it, the upside is immense. Like He's basically an $8,000 running back when the role is completely his. Um, positive game environment. This game, the total and the spread are great. I believe the Packers are down to just a one-point favorite in this game. Uh, should be a very tight uh, game here. So I, I like both players, A.J. Dillon in all formats, Devontae Adams in all formats. Mike, what do you think about Devontae Adams versus Tyree Kill and Cash? If you can only choose one, there are ways to fit in both if you play you know, two of Gallup, Bateman, and Pringle. But obviously, uh, you know, you sacrifice a little bit with that. So if you can only choose one, which one? Uh, I'll go with Tyreek Hill just because I assume that if you're playing Adams, you're not playing Mahomes. Maybe you are, but I don't want to not have a piece of the Kansas City offense, which is going to go heavily through Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, in this matchup. So I would play Tyreek over Devontae um, if I was only playing one of them, for sure. And because you have A.J. Dillon, likely, in your cash game lineup already. Go ahead, Zia. I think you muted yourself. Thank you. Sorry about that. There um, you are. It's cool. So one follow-up for Mike on that. So do you see a scenario where you could actually play A.J. Dillon, who who understandably we're, we're, we're all playing quite a bit, and Devontae Adams, but not playing Aaron Rodgers and maybe s- still going to stack like Dak and CD or or Tyreek and, and Patrick Mahomes or whatever stack you want to do? Absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Uh, it's likely where I'll end up being as of now. It's got both like AJ Dillon is in there, just pure price point play. And then if enough value opens up, like say Alvin Kamara sits again, we have the Mark Ingram. Uh, I won't call it a free square, but we have the Mark Ingram play. We know we have a cheap defense. We know we have a cheap tight end. Like if that opens up that way, you can absolutely play both of them without, uh, without Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. It reminds me of the week that, uh, I played Cooper Cup and Daryl Henderson together in cash. I think a lot of people probably did, and it's just, you know, the offense is as good as they are, and it's just kind of like the way that the, the slate broke down. We haven't talked about the Vikings side at all. See, is there anything that you'd like to add here? I feel like uh, Dalvin Cook has 18 red zone opportunities the last two weeks, which is just an insane amount. Um, I could see him having just an absolutely massive game. I think of the 8K running backs, I think Dalvin Cook might be my favorite. Yeah, I like Dalvin Cook. I mean, you can run on the Green Bay Packers for sure, and and that should be that really should be the game plan. Uh, and the the red zone regression, the touchdown regression to the mean will come. Whether it's this game or not, I don't know. But uh, I absolutely like Dalvin Cook. I think this is a real. I mean, you could play Dylan with Cook, or you could play Dylan and Adams with Cook, or go super contrarian with like a Justin Jefferson, who people aren't going to play because just the Green Bay secondary has been pretty good. And there's other receivers, obviously, to, to play that are not 8,100. But uh, I like Dalvin for sure. Yeah. Last name I'll throw out there, Tyler Conklin, 3,900. He has five-plus targets in four straight games, and he caught two touchdowns last week. The Ravens at the Bears. The Ravens are four-and-a-half-point favorites with a 45-point total. Lots going on with the Ravens right now. Lamar Jackson uh, did not practice on Thursday because of an illness. Uh, non-COVID-related illness. Marquise Brown did not practice because of a thigh injury. Rashad Bateman 
undisclosed reason. They didn't tell us, uh, but he did not practice. Same thing with Alejandro Villanueva, Brandon Williams, and uh, Pernell McPhee. All did not practice on Thursday for the Bears. Allen Robinson, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson did not practice, and uh, Darnell Mooney was limited. There's a lot up in the air right now with the Ravens. Uh, I feel like Lamar is always in play, either by himself or with his pass catchers attached. Um, he's the second highest priced quarterback on DraftKings, third highest on FanDuel. Mike, how are you handling Lamar and the rest of the Ravens pass catchers right now? Uh, I mean, I think that they're going to be fine tournament plays, but I, I don't see a scenario where I end up getting to Lamar with everyone questionable the way he's been questionable, the pace of play in this matchup, um, just the individual matchup. So uh, I'm not getting there. I have four or five other quarterbacks that would be options for me before I got to Lamar. Um, you know, it's you, you can say whatever you want about Lamar, matchup proof, essentially. Like he's always a legitimate option in a tournament, uh, but it's deep enough that I personally will not be getting there this week. Um, you know, if you think that they struggle and have to throw a little more, I suppose you could make the contrarian play at tight end with Mark Andrews, especially if you think Hollywood Brown is banged up. But overall, for me, the uh, the Ravens side of this game is a pass. On the Bear side, we have David Montgomery, who is really cheap. 5,500 on DraftKings, 6,800 on FanDuel. He came back in Week 9, dominated the snaps. We didn't know if Khalil Herbert would still have a legitimate role on this team. Uh, David Montgomery played 85% of snaps. He had 15 of 19 running back touches, 80 total yards, and a 7% target share. Uh, see, I'll throw this way. Really, all the Bears. Uh, I think Justin Fields is kind of interesting, too, at 5,700. He's, he's pretty cheap. He's, he's playing better the past couple of weeks. And uh, Cole Komet, I, I think, is in play in cash. He's 3,400. He has six-plus targets in three straight games, and it's a really strong matchup for tight ends. I think Komet is okay for cash if you, if you need to save the money, but stay tuned. I have a tight end that might be even less expensive <laughs> than Cole Komet. With that said, I, I question Komet's ceiling and Justin Fields' ceiling, so I'm not really, really going to buy in on that. And by the way, Jimmy Graham got a lot of red zone targets the last time the Bears were out there, and so that kind of like frightens me a little bit. Like Clearly, they're still using Jimmy Graham in, in situations where you know the Red zone is the red zone. You know, if they're targeting Jimmy Graham half the time in the red zone versus Cole Komet, then that, that's a problem. And again, Justin Fields, as good as he's been, and he was really good against Pittsburgh, I just don't think that they're going to just unleash him. I, I, you know, that was just a different type of game where Justin Fields was playing comeback ball. This, this will probably be a little different. I do love David Montgomery, though, at 5,500. And by the way, as far as Lamar Jackson is concerned, coming off such a bad game and being 8K in a 45-point total, I'm not recommending this play for GPP necessarily, especially if you're only building like five or six lineups. But if you're building 10, I think one with Lamar Jackson and let's say Marquise Brown, or if Marquise Brown is banged up, or even if, even if he's healthy, a Lamar Jackson with Rashad Bateman stack. You're saving so much money on the Bateman side of that. And then you can just pick apart pieces from, from some of the other games, You know, whether it's Tyreek Hill or, or CeeDee Lamb or wh whatever you want to do, Zeke, Daryl Williams, and then you go to another stackable game and take a, a very valuable, let's say, T. Higgins, for example. Like There are things you can do, grab bag of stuff you can do after taking Lamar with like a Rashad Bateman. So I think it's a really interesting contrarian play because he's probably got a bad taste in his mouth. And this Chicago defense is not good. It's a 45-point total. It wouldn't shock me if the Bears can move the ball. It wouldn't shock me if this over comes in. Last thing on this, if Marquise Brown is injured and he's not playing, which I think he will play, 
Keep an eye out for Devin Duvernay just as a pure punt play in, in a, you know, a bigger GPP at 3,800 because he's starting to get a few more looks. And I think Sammy Watkins, especially after his fumble last week, is probably going to start seeing a few less looks. You know, he came off the injury. He came in and he didn't really have high impact, kind of a negative impact. And Duvernay starting to step up a little bit. So that's just one guy to throw in there. And I do think if you're looking at stacking the Ravens, you don't have to bring it back with a Bears player on the other side. And we spoke about that quite a bit on our Tuesday podcast as well. The 49ers at the Jaguars. The 49ers are six-point favorites here with a 45-point total. And Elijah Mitchell suffered a fractured finger and underwent surgery on Tuesday. Kyle Shanahan said that he expects Mitchell to play, but... Who knows as of now? Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday. I don't think that he practiced on Thursday either, but I will look that up. Uh, Jamichael Hasey did not practice. Debo Samuel was limited for the Jaguars. James Robinson uh, did not practice on Wednesday, dealing with heel and knee issues, but then was a limited participant on Thursday. So it looks like James Robinson should be all right. Carlos Hyde and LaVisca Chenault were wearing non-contact jerseys at practice uh let's just start off with the 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 49ers run game mike we'll go we'll go to you uh if elijah mitchell plays he's 5800 and coming off a game with 27 carries last week i don't know if they still want to give him that type of workload you know with the the broken finger but if he doesn't play jeff wilson is there at only 5100 so what do you think yeah, I mean, I think it could be an interesting pivot away. Uh, but if Alvin Kamara is out and we have Mark Ingram in that mix with David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, and then any number of like the, the more expensive backs – I just don't project it as a spot that I could get to. Uh, as far as Mitchell goes, like I'd like to see more consistent targets in the passing game before I'd be willing to invest there, even at, at 5,800, frankly. You look at that box score. I know he had 91 rushing yards, didn't score a touchdown, didn't get the 100-yard bonus, which looks like he, he may not in a lot of situations here. 27 carries, 27 touches, and he put up 9.1 DraftKings points. That's not very – that's actually kind of gross. Like, that's not very attractive at all. So, um, you know, the way that they get the ball to Debo Samuel in this offense, like, for me, that that that's where I'd be going in this game. I think, you know, we're talking about running backs right now, but Debo in general I think is a fantastic pivot away from the the guys like Tyreek, Devontae Adams, um, CeeDee Lamb, even uh, A.J. Brown, who I think is going to be more popular than him. Uh, in his particular matchup. So for me, for this game, I, I absolutely love Debo as long as he's playing. Mike, do you worry at all that since George Kittle returned, it's only a two-game sample, so it's extremely small. Uh, Kittle actually leads the team with a 26% target share. Debo Samuel, 24% during that time, where for most of the season, he was up over a 30% target share. So d- does that worry you at all? Uh, I mean, it, it's obviously not ideal, but the upside that he possesses is... Uh, I love that he ran the football five times in the last game. Yeah, um, give me give me that upside. Give me him in space. Um, you know, I, like I said, I think that while it does suck that he's losing, you know, eight to ten percent of the the target share that he had, the number that he's at is still a fine number, really, for any player in the NFL, especially someone like him. And having Kittle on the field, frankly, is only going to take away some of the attention that was already on him. So I, I think it's you're not losing much. And whatever you are losing by being under that 30% number, you're gaining it right back in the drop in ownership. See ya. Speaking of George Kittle, he's the second highest priced tight end on DraftKings. He's third highest on FanDuel. And it's back-to-back games now. He has at least 70 targets, at least 50 yards, and a touchdown in each of those games. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is at 5K. He has, He's playing more. He's seeing some targets. Three straight games of at least 88% of the snaps uh, for Brandon Ayuk. And on the other side, I mean, 
I feel like same thing every week, right? Like there's no one else on the Jaguars outside of Dan Arnold. The problem is his salary is now up to 4,100. So what do you think about some of these pass catchers here with the 49ers and Jaguars? Not super interested in the pass catchers. I'll always be interested in Dan Arnold because he's the most consistent pass catcher. I think 4,100 is reasonable. They'll be trailing in this game, I think, for the majority of it. So I think Dan Arnold's probably fit for six to eight targets and a handful of yards, and he has some touchdown equity, as we've seen. I don't like anything really in this game. I don't like the pass catchers, What you know, whether that be – well, I, I mean, I can't say I don't like Debo. Debo makes a lot of sense. But as far as Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle – not super interested there. I think the game plan here for San Francisco is much like we saw against the Rams. Just neutralize. The one thing we've seen from Jacksonville is that they can create a pass rush. Neutralize the pass rush and just run the ball. That's what the Niners do. That's what Kyle Shanahan does best. So whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson, that's what I think they're going to do. I will say this. I like Debo even more, and maybe we already said this. I like him even more if Elijah Mitchell's out, because it will be just Jeff Wilson for the most part. If I mean, Jamichael Hasty might be healthy, but he's just a third down back. And I think Debo's going to continue to see some of that stuff in the backfield. So to the extent Kittle's taking catches away from him, listen, five rushes is a lot for Debo Samuel. I think I believe he had a touchdown. He, he certainly had a touchdown on one of those five. So I like Debo there, but I really like Jeff Wilson if uh, Elijah Mitchell is out. I will definitely be hammering that if Mitchell is out. The Texans are at the Titans. The Titans are 10-point favorites with a 44.5-point total here. Farrell Brown limited in practice on Wednesday for the Texans. And then on the Titans side, Jeremy McNichols did not practice Wednesday because of a concussion. Uh, and then a bunch of their defensive pieces are questionable. Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry, among others. Not really an enticing game here uh, between the Texans and the Titans, I think. Really, the alpha wide receivers are in play. It's A.J. Brown, 7,700. Brandon Cooks, maybe. He's 6K. Um, Marcus Johnson, I'll throw him out there. He's super cheap, 3,500. Coming off a game where he just had 100 receiving yards. But outside of that, not really excited about this one. Mike, what do you think? Texans at Titans. Yeah, A.J. Brown's definitely in the player pool. Um, I think that he's a fine pivot away. Or if you want to jam a third stud wide receiver in, I, I think that this is projects as a spot where he could have a really nice bounce back game. Uh, Tannehill didn't really look all his way too much in that last game, which makes sense when you have Lattimore covering uh, much easier matchup for him in this one. So I think that this could be used as a time to get AJ Brown and uh, Ryan Tannehill back on the same page a little bit in this one. Punt tight end, uh, $2,800, Jeff Swaim. Uh, I really like his target share in the last three games. He has two touchdowns in those three games, but looking at 14 targets, um, I believe, yeah, 14 targets in the last three games. He caught 12 of them, uh, at least 23 yards into each game, touchdown in two of them. So I think you could do a lot worse with a punt tight end at 2,800. I, I think it's an interesting way to go about this one. I mentioned Jeremy McNichols didn't practice on Wednesday. He didn't practice Thursday either because of this concussion that he's dealing with. So, I, look, if we take one of these pieces away, we have a lot of running back value, but... Deonta Foreman has looked good of, of the Titans running backs. He's only 4,900 on DraftKings, so I'll just throw the name out there, Sia. Is there anything else you like in this game, or anything at all, Texans at Titans? Not really. I, I like Brandon Cooks with a negative game script. You know, they're just certainly going to lose this game. They'll be down the majority of it. Uh, I think Brandon Cooks is going to get peppered by Tyrod. Other than that, I, I agree with the Jeff Swain play. If you want to pay down for tight end, that's certainly one of the plays. A.J. Brown, I don't think I'm going to be getting to because I like so much more and, and I like the game scripts of other games so much more. However, if you're like for me, if you're not doing a single entry GPP or maybe like a three max, if you're doing something maybe a little bit bigger where you, you need maybe some more contrarian plays. And 
I think A.J. Brown might be a good pivot off of some of those more popular guys. All right. The Dolphins are at my beloved Jets, and the Dolphins are three-point favorites with a 44.5 point total. Tua Tungavailoa will start in this game. On the Jets side, Zach Wilson will not, which means we're getting good old Joe Flacco. Uh, Mike White, it was fun while it lasted. Starting cornerback Brendan Eccles uh, was placed on injured reserve for the Jets as well. So uh, he, I, I, that actually might help them because I looked up his uh, his PFF score earlier, and it's like just red across the board. So I don't know. Maybe maybe somehow this helps the Jets defense. Uh, they, they can't really get any worse. Who do you like on the Dolphins side? I guess let's start there, right? Miles Gaskin is 5,700 on DraftKings. Jalen Waddle, 56. And Mike Gusecki is 5,200. Um, I know, see, you said friends don't let friends play Miles Gaskin, but 16 plus touches in four straight. And I just got to read you some numbers uh, th- how bad this Jets defense is, allowing 4.82 yards per carry, 7.56 receptions per game to running backs, both second most in the NFL. They've given up 20 touchdowns to running backs through 10 weeks. That is by far the most in the NFL. So I don't know if that was enough to talk you into him, but I do like Miles Gaskin quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it just, he could have a, a two touchdown game in, in 90 yards, but I just, I'll take the ceiling of other guys when it comes down. I love the fact that Malcolm Brown is not in this mix and that Salvin Ahmed is not really getting, you know, a 50 50 share by any stretch. I just, Miles Gaskin just doesn't do a lot for me. Now, I will say this. The Jets in the red zone last week against the Bills were so bad. They just couldn't tackle. Uh, Miles Gaskin, though, it's just, you know, it's fine. 5700 it's a good price. He has a very high floor. I totally get it. I just don't think I'm going to go there. If I was going to take a piece of this game from Miami, it would probably be Jalen Waddle as opposed to Miles Gaskin. But listen, if you wanted to stack this game, you know, with Tua and, and Jalen, and maybe throw in Miles Gaskin, who t- you know can catch some balls, um, that's that's fine. Uh, I get it. I'm just not going to do it. All right, on the Jets side of things, Joe Flacco is starting. Mentioned that 4600. Which, Mike, you've talked about some backup quarterbacks playing before. The guy is sub 5K. He doesn't really need to do much, right? 200 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that'll get us there. It's gross, but I'll just throw the name out there, Joe Flacco. And uh, speaking of gross, Jamison Crowder. I think it's sneaky. He's 4700. I wish he was cheaper. I looked back last year. Flacco started four games for the Jets. And Jamison Crowder had two monster games, and then he had another game which was solid uh, while Flacco was in there. Uh, Crowder, 83% of the snaps last week, 45 routes on 53 dropbacks. He's on the field. He's playing. He has a rapport with Joe Flacco. So, Mike, I'll just throw the name out there. Jamison Crowder. I like the name Jamison Crowder a lot more than I like the name Joe Flacco. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with Jamison Crowder. I believe he has, what, one touchdown on the season back in week four. Uh, other than that, I like what I've seen in terms of the number of targets he's had. So, yeah, I don't hate it. I think it's a fine pivot away from Beasley or Jarvis Landry or any of those guys in that range. I think it's reasonable, but uh, I'm definitely not going to be playing Joe Flacco. The The price point is attractive. You're right. The problem with it is there's another quarterback named Cam Newton, who's only 5,100, who right. I would way rather invest in than Joe Flacco, even if Joe Flacco was 3,500, frankly. So um, it could happen. Like It's not going to shock me at all if they get behind and Flacco throws for 300 yards and somehow two touchdowns. Like Very well within the range of outcomes for him, and I'll probably be regretting it if I, if I don't have a piece, but I'm willing to take that risk. But I do like your call of Crowder there. I think that that's a good... 
little one-off play, uh, but I'm not willing to stack him with Joe Flacco. Do you like anyone on the Dolphins side, Mike? Uh, Jalen Waddle for sure. Um, I, I think Jalen Waddle's target volume is there. He, he's got that upside, a lot like Jerry Judy, a lot like some of these other wide receivers that are poised to break out or in the middle of their breakouts. Um, the upside is something that I can't ignore, frankly. And Jets-Dolphins is just a game that screams that it's going to be competitive enough that, that he's just going to be out there. Um, I, I'm with Sia on the anti-Miles Gaskin train uh definitely not getting there the problem for me too is in the red zone like they've got waddle they've got gasecki they've got Tua with his legs and then they also have preston williams big six five guy they bring out there in the red zone they'd love to throw to him in the red zone it's just it's too crowded for me so i can't get there on miles gaskin unfortunately Frank, let me let me jump in because Preston Williams is an interesting case. I, I actually played him, I believe, in showdown quite a bit when last time the Dolphins were out in that showdown uh, singular game. But it turned out to be Albert Wilson who got a lot of the run there. Uh, do you think, and I'm asking you both, is, do you think that was an anomaly or has Albert Wilson potentially assumed the wide receiver two duties because he's only 3,100 and that is obviously against the Jets. Can Albert Wilson get loose? Absolutely. That's a great call. Um, great call. They, Williams was str- almost strictly used in the red zone packages only, which is obviously great for touchdown equity, which hurts Wilson's touchdown equity in theory a little bit. But, it, you know, in between the 20s, I'm very confident that Wilson is ahead of him on the depth chart. And he's he's a speedster, right? So we saw yeah. last week, you know, the Ravens broke down a few times in coverage and uh, Albert Wilson was uh, the beneficiary of that. So we've seen plenty of breakdowns from the Jets defense as well. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's a fair call. And we know that uh, they, they've dealt with some injuries with their wide receivers. Albert Wilson was up to 55% of the snaps last week. So, yeah, he, he should be on the field quite a bit here uh, against the porous New York Jets defense. If you'd like to play with us, play against us this week. On a, in our DFS contest, you can on DraftKings. 150 entries, $5 to enter. Top 15 gets paid out. The link is in the podcast and the YouTube description if you'd like to play against Sia, Mike, and myself. Uh, and if we've helped you win at any point this year, recently, earlier in the season, whatever it might be, drop a five-star rating and review on Apple. Uh, we're a new podcast, so it really does help with searchability. We appreciate it very much. All right, let's take a quick break. When we return, six games down, six more to go. We'll do it here. Fantasy Football Today, DFS. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? (laughs) 
Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. All right, we got the Lions at the Browns. The Browns are minus 11.5 with a 43.5 point total here. And this is like the walking dead bowl right now because there is a lot of injuries in this game. Jared Goff, Jamar Jefferson... Taylor Decker, Trey Flowers did not practice on Thursday. DeAndre Swift limited with a shoulder. Jamal Williams limited with a thigh injury. For the Browns, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Miles Garrett were all back at practice on Thursday. Donovan Peoples-Jones and Anthony Schwartz were out. And as for Nick Chubb, he is still on the COVID list, which is surprising at this point. Not back on Thursday, did not practice or anything. The hope is that he comes off of this list on Friday. Offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt said things are trending in the right direction for both uh, Nick Chubb and Demetric Felton, who was also on that COVID list. So this game is kind of a mess right now. We'll start with Nick Chubb. Let's say that he is activated Friday. He has a great matchup. He is projecting as one of the highest owned players on the slate right now. He is sixth in ownership with the projections that you have, Mike. Uh, and obviously it's a really good matchup against the Lions, big home favorites here. Would you be interested in Nick Chubb if he is back and ready to go? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if he's good and ready to go, I think this is a great matchup for him and he would be the one back I would spend up on. I know you liked Dalvin Cook earlier, which I think is a great call. Uh, love that game stack environment in general, but here, Nick Chubb, um, just like a couple weeks ago when he got to play, when, it, when he gets to play here in this spot and the, there's no Kareem Hunt, yes, Dearness Johnson has earned some reps, I think, at some point for this team. But uh, yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb in this particular matchup, I think it's about as good as it gets. And if for some reason Nick Chubb is not activated Friday, Dearness Johnson is 5,600. And the two games that he started this year, I believe it's 22 plus touches in each of those. The guy's been an absolute smash. So uh, if it happens, then yes, we're going back to Dearness Johnson. See, I don't think I could do... I can't say anything, right? Because DeAndre Swift, I was going to say, I can't do anything on the Lions side, but DeAndre Swift has been awesome. He's coming off a game with 36 touches. Dan Campbell is now calling plays for the Lions, so it seems like they're just going all in on on running the ball and basically just running DeAndre Swift into the ground. But he's banged up, and they might be playing with a backup quarterback, David Blau. Uh, It could be Tim Boyle if he returns. So I don't know. The, The Lions are pretty much a mess right now, too. Yeah, this is a get-right game for Cleveland, which is all the more reason to play Nick Chubb if, if he's healthy. I mean, I am a little concerned that he wasn't at practice today and that he's not like officially off the COVID list. So I think that warrants some investigation before we decide to put him in our lineups. And we have a few days to do that. But yeah, I don't like DeAndre Swift this particular... I think he's fine. If it was a different slate, I would be fine with DeAndre Swift. But with all the running back value that we have and the running backs that we might want to pay up for, I just don't think I'm getting to DeAndre Swift. So it's a no on the Lions side for me. All right. The Saints are at the Eagles. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites with a 43 point total. Alvin Kamara was limited at practice Wednesday and then out again on Thursday. Ryan Ramchick, uh, Teron Armstead, Taysom Hill, and Ty Montgomery all did not practice Thursday as well. On the Eagles side, Dallas Goddard returned to practice, as did Miles Sanders, who had his 21-day window to return opened up earlier this week. Uh, this is another one that's up in the air right now, but uh, if Alvin Kamara is out, Mark Ingram, we mentioned him a few times already, 40, uh, 5,400 on DraftKings in a really strong matchup. Mike, I assume that we're good with Ingram and Dylan in cash, right, if, if Kamara's out? 
Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely good with Ingram in all formats, in my opinion. Um, it, it's a little fragile in tournaments, but I, I will be going there. Um, yeah, all in on Mark Ingram if Alvin Kamara is out. And to go back to Cleveland quickly, um, if Trump for some reason isn't activated, yeah, Dearness Johnson, like we're, we're probably not going to do another special pod ahead of that, but Dearness Johnson is once again, lock button status mm-hmm. in every single format, no matter what. Um, so there is a scenario where we could have all three of those running backs, uh, Dylan, Mark Ingram, and Dearness Johnson. And what a mess that would make this slate in tournaments. Yeah. I mean, what do you do if that's the case, right? Like if you're in tournaments, you you can't play all three. Like you can only play two of them max, right? Uh, I mean, you you probably would want to play them and then pay up for one of the other running backs that we know is going to see a massive drop in ownership but you could definitely get away with three of them if they all three hit 20 plus fantasy points you can definitely get away with playing all three of them uh, just because of what it does for the rest of your roster it get, likely gives you a high floor qb likely gives you at least one stud wide receiver um yeah it's it's going to be a very interesting slate if that happens i'm in the camp that i don't think that will happen i think that the likelihood that we get to play all three is very low. I think that it's more likely that Kamara and Chubb are both in and that we're no longer talking about Mark Ingram come Sunday. All right, let's uh, get back to this game. And on the Eagles side of things, see any love for Jalen Hurd, 6,800 on DraftKings. He has 55-plus rushing yards in four straight. A problem, again, only 23 pass attempts last week. He did have two touchdowns, so that definitely helped overall. Uh, The Saints, while they are a good defense, they're giving up the sixth most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last month of the season. And uh, Devontae Smith, we've talked about him quite a bit. He's emerged three touchdowns over his last two games but the salary now creeping up to 6400 What do you think about the Eagles? I uh, don't like them. Don't like anybody on the Eagles. And if you wanted to play Jalen Hurts, my question to you would be, and I'm not this Cam Newton truther all of a sudden, but my question would be, why are you playing Jalen Hurts when you, you could play Cam Newton? It's just the matchup is a little bit better for Cam Newton. I, I think Cam Newton presents a little bit more upside just in the passing game relative to Jalen Hurts, especially how they've been running the ball. I mean, it's it's almost as if, they're like, yeah, Jalen, we just we just don't want you to pass the ball. We're, we're not interested in that. So let's run it as much as we can until we have to pass. So no, I'm not I'm not I'm not interested in the rushing yards equity with Jalen Hurts because I just don't think the ceiling is high enough there against the Saints. I'll bring up a few names on the Saints side of things. Adam Troutman is 3,300. He played 84 percent of the snaps last week, and it's a good matchup going up against the Eagles. They do allow quite a bit of fantasy points to tight ends. Someone pointed out to me on Twitter, because I tr- I tweeted about Troutman, and they said that he made a big mistake last week and that Sean Payton was not happy with him, so keep that in mind for whatever it's worth. I mean, maybe Juwan Johnson works his way in. Uh, the other one is Traquan Smith. He's 4,400, 91% of the snaps last week, and I feel like this isn't usually part of his game, but he ran 20 of 36 routes out of the slot, so... It seems like he's probably going to avoid Darius Slay. He has a touchdown or 53 yards in three straight, and, and he's pretty cheap. Uh, so can I interest you in any Traquan or Adam Troutman? Not Troutman, but yeah, I think Traquan at 4,400. If you need to go down that low, listen, there's other guys in that exact range that we really like this week. I mean, Rashad Bateman's right there at 4,500, Michael Gallup at 4,200. But depending on your build, maybe you want to take one of those guys and, and, and you need to take another flyer, or maybe you're in a bigger GPP. And you don't want to take the, the the chalk of Gallup and the you know potential chalk of Bateman, and you want to you want to pivot somewhere else. It would make sense. I would just warn that this game is likely to be 
you know, a lot of a lot of back and forth with the run game. So I just question how much opportunity Traquan Smith would get. All right. The Washington football team are at the Panthers this week. The Panthers are three and a half point favorites with a 43 point total and uh, big injuries, unfortunately, on both sides here. Star defensive end Chase Young tore his ACL last week and will miss the remainder of the season. Curtis Samuel and Ricky Seals-Jones did not practice on Thursday. Logan Thomas remains on IR. Antonio Gibson, Brandon Scherf, and Kendall Fuller were all limited for the Washington football team. And then for the Panthers, center Matt Paradis tore his ACL last week and is also done for the season. We've talked about him quite a few times already today, but uh, Cam Newton. He's 5100 on DraftKings, $1,700 less than the aforementioned Jalen Hurts. And he hopped in the red zone last week, didn't really know the playbook at all. He ran for a touchdown. He threw another touchdown in. It's a great matchup here. I don't know if Cam cares about like the off-the-field stuff, but facing his former coach, Ron Rivera, someone who cut him when he was on the Panthers. So I'll just bring up all of these things. Mike, what do you think? I, I feel like Cam is in cash consideration as of now, I, I kind of like paying up for Mahomes or Dak a little bit more, but what do you think? Yeah, for me, it's all going to depend on what happens with the running back value. If the running back value opens up like I think it might, like if we get to play Mark Ingram, for example, then it's going to be a Mahomes first. If not, then it's going to be a Cam Newton first. Uh, I'll be playing both in cash, though. I absolutely love Cam Newton in this particular matchup. I love him at this price point. I mean, if you're, you know, look, we don't think Cam necessarily is going to be who he was a few years ago. But if he's anywhere remotely close to that, Cam Newton was an $8,000 quarterback a few years ago. If you remember back to playing DFS, it's just a ridiculous value. And he has one of the best weapons in football for racking up statistics. And that's Christian McCaffrey. We love to dump the ball to Christian McCaffrey. That's going to help a lot. They're going to throw shorter passes around the line of scrimmage to DJ Moore as well. I think it's a great spot for him. So I, I love Cam Newton in this spot. Um, I McCaffrey, I'm probably actually going to be out on despite loving him. I played him the last two weeks. Um, I think exactly what I said was going to happen has happened. I think he's going to be more popular this week to the point where his price point is elevated. The ownership is elevated. Now the market on him is efficient. Like his probability of being in the optimal lineup is mostly going to match where his ownership level is. So I'm going to invest in Cam, uh, probably pair him with DJ Moore a little bit. But yeah, to answer your question, I love Cam Newton this week. Christian McCaffrey currently projecting as the fifth highest owned player on the slate, up around 16% ownership. So uh, that's certainly getting up there. He's 8,900 on DraftKings, 10K, 10K on FanDuel, the highest priced player on both sites this week. See, how are you feeling about the Panthers side of things? Cam, we have uh, DJ Moore at 5,900. He's relatively cheap. Robbie Anderson caught a touchdown last week from Cam. He's 4,600. And then, of course, we have CFC up at the top. I think Cam's a great tournament play and he's a great cash play. I think, see, here's the thing. When we have no idea what a quarterback is capable of, it's kind of the perfect time to play him in GPP, right? We we know he has a pretty good floor in cash, so let's just kind of disregard that for now. If you want to play him in cash, totally makes sense. But in GPP, j just like Mike said, the short area routes, which for the record, that's not exactly Cam's specialty, but DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, can literally carry Cam Newton to your GPP win. So it's not that he has to necessarily do. Yeah, he can steal some you know touchdowns from Christian McCaffrey potentially, but he he could also pepper him with ten targets and you know ten catches like McCaffrey got last week. So I think you could absolutely stack Cam with one or two pass catchers in Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore or even Robbie Anderson if you wanted to go that route. And then you, you could bring it back with somebody if you wanted to, but you don't have to. The point is. 
I think when you can kind of expect the unexpected, that's the time to play somebody like that. It's not my favorite guy to play in GPP. Uh, obviously, there's other games that we like with respect to quarterback stacks, but I, I like Cam Newton too much to to avoid him in GPPs. I love the unknown is, is the point I'm trying to make here. See, anybody on the Washington football team side, anybody at all? Yes, there is a guy. Okay, first of all, Terry McLaurin, I think, is is always in play. It is a tough matchup against Carolina. I, I don't want to say Terry McLaurin is game script proof because he's not, but I think he's in play. However, if you're looking for a cheap tight end, and we know Ricky Seal, well, I, sh- I shouldn't say we know. We're like 90% sure that Ricky Seals-Jones is not going to play, that Logan Thomas is not going to play. And the Washington football team has a tight end. He's 6'5", he's 250 pounds. In high school, he was a triple jumper, he was a hurdler, he was a long jumper. At Boise State, his hands, I mean, go back and watch highlights. This guy's hands are amazing, he's a great blocker, he'll be on the field all the time on a team that utilizes the tight end all the time. Oh, and by the way, he wears a black headband. So, in honor of John Bates, (laughs) who is a mere 2,500 on DraftKings, it's go time. Hey, listen, we need to save money, guys. It's you, you can't just play Tyreek Hill and CeeDee Lamb and Patrick Mahomes and Devontae Adams. You need to save s- some money somewhere. So I'm saving it with John Bates. And that is a real player. He does exist. He plays in the NFL. He's on the Washington football team. See ya. Love the headband. And I love the fact Thank that you. you did as much research on John Bates as you did. Go ahead. Mike. Oh, I have more. I have more. <laughs> well, Do we have I, more time on the questions. show? Yes, we're going to spend a little more time on this game. I have a couple questions. Number one, the Panthers defense is my favorite defense this week. Would you be okay playing $2,500 Bates against $2,700 Carolina Panthers defense? Absolutely. 100%. I'm totally okay. I would too. They're both both in the cash lineup for me right now. Okay, perfect. Now, the thing I want to point out is I'm sure you'll find it somewhere on Twitter this week. Can we talk about J.D. McKissick's little zigzag pattern that he has going on? Every other game, he goes double-digit, single-digit, double-digit, single-digit. So I'm going to read you the box scores for him this this season quickly. Week one, 0.8 points. Week two, 20.3. Week three, 5.8. Week four, 16.9. Week five, 1.7. Week six, 19. Week seven, 9.6. Week eight, 17.3. Last week in week 10 off the bye, 7.9. This week should be a double-digit week. Will they throw him the ball in a competitive game? At 5K, would you use McKissick as a pivot away from one of the chalk running backs in a Cam Newton tournament lineup? I think so. I mean, in bigger field stuff, yeah. Single entry, three max, probably not. But I I think in bigger field stuff, you could do it at 5K. I mean, it's an easy pivot off of other cheap running backs. My only counter to that would just be that they really did lean on a very inefficient Antonio Gibson last week. And it just wouldn't surprise me if that was kind of their their game plan going into it this week as well. All right, that'll do it. Uh, we're keeping that headband on, definitely. That, oh, that yeah. is awesome. Uh, we are finally up to the afternoon slate, and we have like 10 minutes left. So let's let's try and get through all of this here. The Bengals at the Raiders. The Bengals are one-point favorites. 50-point total here. Uh, the Bengals coming off two awful losses in a row, one to the Jets, uh, and then they got obliter- obliterated by the Browns uh, before their bye. And on the injury front for the Bengals, their center, Trey Hopkins, limited in practice for the Raiders. 
two of their cornerbacks, linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski and Jalen Richard did not practice on Wednesday. And then uh, Josh Jacobs has been limited so far in practice. Uh, more than anything, I think the Bengals side here could could be decently popular. Obviously, you know, so much ownership is going to go to the Chiefs and, and the Cowboys, rightfully so. But T. Higgins, 5,400. I feel like every week that he is in this price range that he's going to be in cash consideration, 25% target share, leads the team with eight red zone targets on the season as well. And uh, I have interest in Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase stacks. I think it's going to go under-owned. I think uh, the Raiders' secondary is kind of beat up right now. Burrow, 6,600. Jamar Chase is 7,200. And frankly, I think Jamar Chase has as much upside as any wide receiver on the slate. So, Mike, what do you think about Higgins and Cash and then uh, potentially stacking Burrow and Chase? Yeah, I like Higgins uh, in all formats. Uh, I think that Burrow's a fine stack. I think you could double stack him. I think you could bring it back with Renfro or Waller. Uh, I think this game is awesome. I think it's going to be super competitive. Um, I think the Raiders are the sharp side in the betting market even. Um, this is it, – it's going to be a fascinating game. I think it could absolutely turn into a shootout. Um, and I do think you're right. I think they'll be under-owned. Like, I don't think many people are going to prioritize Jamar Chase over someone like Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb. Like, that, that's just not happening on this slate. Um, you know, and then throw in, we, I talked about A.J. Brown a little bit. I do think A.J. Brown's still going to pick up just a little bit of ownership. Uh, I think this might be one of the best Jamar Chase spots. I believe what they're coming off of a bye were kind of out of sight, out of mind a little bit. I, I definitely think this is a great spot to buy in there. Um, I, I think the focus will be on Higgins, who's going to be kind of the optimizer darling that's going to pop up in a lot of optimizers. So I, I'm with you on Chase. And you know what, Sia? I, I guess I just like the entire Bengals team in general here because I, I like Joe Mixon too as, as a good GPP way to get different. He's 7,600. He's expensive. I get it. The Raiders struggle against the run. 4.55 yards per carry to running backs this season. They just gave up Nine catches, 101 yards, a touchdown to Daryl Williams. Looking like Randy Moss out there, by the way. Uh, and Joe Mixon has five-plus targets in three of his last four games. So I, I just really like the Bengals side in general here, uh, top to bottom. I, I kind of struggle with the Raiders side of things. Hunter Renfro's been really good, but he's now up to 5,800. We haven't really seen ceiling games out of Darren Waller. So uh, what are you doing here with the Bengals and Raiders? I certainly haven't decided who I'm using on the Raiders side in terms of a bring back. But I love what both of you are saying about the Bengals game. This one is not like under the radar. Like people understand this is a game to yeah. stack. But to your point, it's not going to be like the Kansas City-Dallas game. This is going to be like the, the just – it's just going to be inferior to that in, t in terms of the roster ship, the stacks. So I, I hate to hedge here, but I almost think you have to get multiple pieces of this game through multiple different lineups. Like I think you could take a piece of Mixon out of this game and, and hopefully you can – put him in with your stack of the you know Kansas City-Dallas game or whatever stack you choose to go with. But I absolutely love the Joe Burrow-Jamar Chase-T Higgins stack. Or maybe Joe Burrow-Mixon, because we're talking about his pass-catching abilities, and Jamar Chase or T Higgins, if you just kind of hope that somehow they neutralize Jamar Chase. I am going to be playing this game several different ways. The, the problem for me is, A, I don't like stacking the Las Vegas guys. And I don't know who to stack it with. Like part of me is thinking Brian Edwards. Maybe he's finally coming out of his shell. We saw a little bit of that last week, and he's only 4,100. And he is more likely, the ADOT, Brian Edwards versus Hunter Renfro, it's night and day. But of course, once you get close to the goal line, Renfro is the preferred target. So it's it's really hard for me to decide. Waller's obviously in play there, but 
Does Walla wear a black headband? No. And also, he's been neutralized quite a bit over the last few weeks. It's not the same. Well, the whole season, really. It's not the same Darren Waller. He is a focal point of this offense, especially with guys like Ruggs out of the picture. So it, the bring back is tough. You don't have to bring it back. But in this game, because of the total, I think you do. It might be Brian Edwards for me. Yeah, I, I think from a GPP perspective, if you just wanted to do a mini stack of Joe Mixon with Brian Edwards on the other side, mm-hmm. I, I like that quite a bit. Here we go. Cowboys at the Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites here. 56 point total, the highest on the slate by far for the Cowboys. Tyron Smith limited at practice, but everything else good to go there. For the Chiefs, cornerback Legereus Sneed limited at practice. And uh, as of now, the Chiefs said that they will evaluate how Clyde edwards Elair looks in practice this week and then decide whether they will activate him from there. So I don't know if we'll get it on Friday. I think a couple of weeks ago, we got the Christian McCaffrey news, whether he was coming off the IR on Saturday. So maybe uh, we get some Clyde news then, uh, but I, it might be closer. It might even be closer to kickoff. Who knows? Um, you almost feel like th- this has the makings of like that crazy Chiefs Rams game from a couple of years ago on Monday Night Football where they combined for like 105 points. I mean, on paper, look, we're not expecting that many, uh, but that's what it seems like we should get. But who knows? Um, it's going to be extremely popular. Cowboys, Chiefs offense, both got right. Uh, Mahomes, especially in prime time, 406 yards, five touchdowns last week. Mike, we'll start with you. What is your favorite way to stack this game? Yeah, I mean, my favorite way is going to be a double with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Byron Pringle. I uh, just love the the price point of Byron Pringle, the way it opens things up, the way it gets a little different there. Um, that said, I love Travis Kelsey as well. I will have lineups where I fade Tyreek and play the Travis Kelsey angle, get exposure to some of the other wide receivers we've talked about. Um, as far as that, I mean, obviously, you could stack the other side very, very easily. Um, CD Lamb will be a real focal point. The other one that I think will be a tournament focal point for me is going to be Dalton Schultz. Um, I think Dalton Schultz, this is a really interesting time to buy back in on him. He dropped a touchdown in the end zone last week, and that totally changed what his box score looked like. Um, I, I Look, I think that in this competitive, competitive game, which maybe it won't be competitive, maybe one team will blow out the other and we'll look a little silly, but we're going to pretend like this one's going to be a competitive shootout like it should. Uh, I think that that's going to be a weapon that Dak's going to look for uh, over the middle of the field here. So, you know, it's easier said than done stopping CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper, but that'll obviously be the focus for the Kansas City Chiefs. I I think that Schultz could definitely have a few of those longer 20 to 30-yard catches over the middle like we've seen at times from him this season. You know what's so interesting about this too is that we have cheap players on both sides that make stacking and double stacking and bringing back on the other side uh, pretty easy. And you mentioned Byron Pringle, 3,400, played a season-high 61% of the snaps last week. That was ahead of Miko Hardman, ahead of Demarcus Robinson. Pringle now has either 55 yards or a touchdown in four of his last five games, so he's getting more involved. He's making things happen. And then we have Michael Gallup, who's 4,200. He played 53% of the snaps in his return for the Cowboys last week, ran 21 routes uh, on 40 dropbacks in a blowout, so keep that in mind. But we have a bunch of different ways to go here. See, so, I mean, you could talk about it from the Chiefs side first and the Cowboys, but how are you looking to stack uh, either side in this game? 
Yeah, I definitely prefer Patrick Mahomes with Tyree Kill in terms of just a primary stack. I, I think I love that we're talking about Brian, Byron Pringle over McCall Hardman because uh, just <laughs> owed to preseason when I was kind of like on McCall Hardman in, in terms of like, why do people think this is like the, the, the next guy? And it turns out he's not. So it's like I love Byron Pringle's good. OK, not that McCall Hardman's bad, but I think he sort of fit in with Byron Pringle to Marcus Robinson. He was no better than those guys other than just having obtain, obtaining some more speed there. Uh, I, I like Patrick Mahomes to Hill. I think the double stack with, with Pringle makes sense. I know I'm going to be doing a Dak Prescott stack with uh, CeeDee Lamb. I, I love that with Gallup back, CeeDee Lamb played way more in the slot last week. And he had a great game. He only had seven targets, which, you know, isn't great. But again, that was a blowout. Right. So, you know, I, I think we can expect at least 10 targets uh, from CeeDee Lamb. I I like a double stack with CeeDee and Michael Gallup. uh, So I think I'm going to be doing that quite a bit and bringing it back with Tyreek Hill. Um, But then again, on the other side, Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, and then bring it back with Gallup or CeeDee Lamb, depending on where I want to save some money. And for the record, for the record, Frank, I I don't want to give off the opinion here that that Ezekiel Elliott's like not in play. He's absolutely in play. But in terms of my primary, like if I'm doing one single entry or let's say two, it's Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill with a bring back. It's Dak and CeeDee Lamb with a bring back. All right. Uh, speaking of CeeDee Lamb, you mentioned uh, his his slot routes from last week. He only ran 22 routes. 16 of those came in the slot and, and they did confirm uh, either on Wednesday or Thursday. I think it was their offense coordinator said, yeah, like we're going to we're going to use CeeDee Lamb out of the slot now that Michael Gallup is back with the team. Uh, Mike, which one of these guys are you looking to use in cash? Because if you want, you can make it work with both Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams in your lineup in, in cash with Mahomes. I have a lineup like that. And then you play both Pringle and Michael Gallup. The thing is, I don't know if you want to play, play both of those guys. So what are you thinking about cash with, with this game? Yeah, so in cash, I'm going two different directions this week. One will be a Patrick Mahomes lineup. One will be a Cam Newton lineup. So in the Patrick Mahomes lineup, I will for sure have Tyreek Hill and Byron Pringle. Um, the bring back there could be likely will be C.D. Lamb. Uh, probably will exclude Devontae Adams in that build and play A.J. Dillon. And then in the Cam Newton build, that's where I will potentially have all three of Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and C.D. Lamb. All right, uh, and I will point out if Ceh is out this week, Daryl Williams is fifty four hundred. Represents incredible leverage if somehow this game just turns into like just Daryl Williams versus Ezekiel Elliott, which mm. would not surprise me because we no. <laughs> we've seen that from not both teams so far this season. So uh, just keep that in mind. Daryl Williams would be a fantastic play if Clyde does not return. Last game here: Cardinals at the Seahawks. The Cardinals are two and a half point favorites. Forty eight point total. Lots still up in the air with this one, but Kyler Murray has now been at practice for both uh, Wednesday and Thursday. DeAndre uh, Hopkins and safety Buda Baker did not practice either of those days for Seattle. DK Metcalf missed practice with a foot injury, but said that it is a non-factor. Should be good to go. Chris Carson, Gerald Everett did not practice. Alex Collins was limited. See, we'll start with you. Who are you looking at in this game? Seems like it sets up for a really nice spot for James Conner once again. He is 6,100 over on DraftKings. Yeah, especially, I mean, if Kyler Murray plays, you know, he's not going to be 100%, in my opinion. So I think they'll definitely be leaning on James Conner as much as they, they have the last couple of weeks. 6,100 is certainly a fair price. Um, I, I like him. I, I think it, uh, on that side of the ball, I think Christian Kirk is definitely in play. I don't think DeAndre Hopkins is going to play. Uh, I don't really like any other receivers or pass catchers, including, of course, Zach Ertz. On the other side of the ball, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting contrarian stack. Before we get to that, I'm sure you're going to ask Mike about that. I think this would be the game 
where if your one o'clock guys fall flat for whatever reason, and you think you need to pivot off your stacks with Kansas City and Dallas, this would be the the definitely the contrarian one to, to pivot to, and then is slightly less so that Las Vegas Raiders Cincinnati Bengals game. So something to consider if you fall flat at the one o'clock games and you're on that KC Dallas game, you might want to get off of that and on to one of these other two games. Yeah, and a good way to do that is with the uh, Seahawks wide receivers who. Both seem like they're undervalued this week. 6,800 for DK Metcalf. Mike, I know you mentioned Tyler Lockett the other day, and he's only 6K on DraftKings. So how are you looking at this game, Cardinal Seahawks? Yeah, I like it in tournaments quite a bit. I'm undecided so far if it's going to be just a Tyler Lockett one-off in a lineup or if I'm going to go all out here and play Russell Wilson with Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think it's a great spot to buy low on Russell Wilson. Not many times. I, I mean, I know the signals are bad. He looked terrible last week. I'm going to give it a little bit of a pass. I think he was a little bit rushed back into that game. It was cold. It was snowing. It was Lambeau. Now, uh, I think this is a better spot. Um, I, I really do. And you don't see Russell Wilson at $6,500 very often. I know that Patrick Mahomes is cheap. I know we have a cheap Cam Newton. Uh, so we're looking at a combination of one of the lowest salaries we've seen for Russell Wilson combined with incredibly low ownership for Russell Wilson with a cheap or two cheap pass catchers on the team uh, and running backs that are banged up. Uh, I, I think it's a really good spot that he could pepper Tyler Lockett. It could be the 13-14 target game for Tyler Lockett here, and I'm going to be invested in it in some way. Uh, as of right now, it'll be at least Tyler Lockett one-off in tournaments, but the more we get, the closer we get to Sunday, the closer I'm getting to having a Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett lineup. My dad, a.k.a. the Don, he's got sneaky picks. He's looking to bounce back, did not perform well his first week here on the podcast back in week 10, but he promised. He said, look, we're going we're gonna to get back on track. So take it away, Pops. Let's see who you got. Hello, everyone. This is the Don here. Things didn't turn out the way they were supposed to last week, but my week 11 picks are going to be Brandon Ayuk, and the bonus pick is going to be A.J. Dillon. And you could choose either one, or you could be like me and play both of them. And that's the bottom line, because the Don said so. All right, so when he sent this over, I said, look, A.J. Dillon's going to be super owned, Poppy. Like, you you got to give me someone else. You know, he's just like, nope, that's who I'm going with. He's like, I'm not re-recording <laughs> it. I'm like, all right, that's who we're going with. Uh, he is a Packers fan, by the way. So I guess he just figured, look, it's not AJ, uh, it's not Aaron Jones, so... Um, People look. People are going to be on AJ Dillon, but Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a pretty interesting call. Currently projecting two and a half percent ownership. He's only five K on DraftKings this week. Uh, all right, that that one we will take as a sneaky call. A lot of people will be playing AJ Dillon. Let's wrap up with our Week Eleven cheat sheet. Our favorite value chalk contrarian plays plus our favorite stack. And Sia, we will start with you. Yeah, I'll start with the chalk play of A.J. Dillon at 6,200. So me and uh, the Don are simpatico, so that's pretty cool. Uh, contrarian play, I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. It doesn't sound like a contrarian play, but it really is this week. Super expensive and in, in, in a tough matchup. But again, I think he's game script proof. The stack is going to be... It's a Dak stack. Dak Prescott to C.D. Lamb. Uh, I, I absolutely love that stack. I love any type of stack, really, in that game. And my value play, of course. Listen, it was going to be Rashad Bateman, but I didn't want to waste this black headband. So keep Rashad Bateman in mind as my value play. Hopefully he'll be healthy on Sunday. I'm very confident he will be. Uh, but John Bates with the Washington football team as the only healthy tight end is my value play. 
We didn't even talk about it, by the way, but Taylor Heineke, he likes to throw the ball to the tight end. We've seen that quite a bit so far this season, so just another feather in the headband for John Bates. Mike, you are up. Value, chalk, contrarian, and stack. Value play, Byron Pringle. You mentioned uh, season high in snaps. He's definitely overtaken Demarcus Robinson on the depth chart, but he is rapidly approaching overtaking Nicole Hardman as well. Uh, look, Patrick Mahomes trusts him really in all formats and in all game scripts, but especially when the game is competitive and Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey are struggling to get open at all. Byron Pringle is that safety blanket at 3,400. The way he's playing, like there's no reason he shouldn't be at least the same $4,000 that Nicole Hardman is. So he's one of my favorite plays here. Chalk play, I'm listing Mark Ingram just because Alvin Kamara was very limited on Wednesday, missed Thursday. The line has moved back to two. That tells me that there's a good chance Alvin Kamara does not play, uh, or at least he is really, truly, highly questionable to play in this one. And then my contrarian play, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I mentioned it here. Look, I think it's a great spot to buy low on the Seahawks. The running game is banged up a little bit. The Arizona defense is actually still pretty good. Uh, I, I think it could be a matchup, especially with DK Metcalf dealing with a foot injury. He says it's no big deal, but if it's a big enough deal that we all know that it exists, it's still a deal, especially for a wide receiver that makes aggressive cuts, that is a speedster, could flare up at any time. So uh, I, I like Tyler Lockett. And then my stack, you know it's Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, uh, my favorite in all formats. All right, value play for me, Michael Gallup in that game, Cowboys and Chiefs, 4,200 here in this spot. Good way just to save some salary and obviously get some exposure to the best game on the slate. Chalk play, no surprise here. Tyreek Hill, 8,200, 27% target share on the season. We've seen some really big games, obviously, from Tyreek Hill this year. We'll see if he can keep it rolling uh, against the Cowboys. Should be fun to watch Tyreek Hill uh, going up against Trayvon Diggs this week. Contrarian play. Michael Pittman mentioned it in the first game, 6,100. Tougher matchup going up against uh, Trey White and the Buffalo Bills. But uh, if they fall behind the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to have to pass. And I still do think that Michael Pittman is that guy. He's the go-to for Carson Wentz so far this season. And then the stack, I really do like Joe Burrow uh, to Jamar Chase. I like the Bengals in general this week. I do like T. Higgins and Cash, really all formats. I think he's a good value play as well. Uh, But a way to get different, uh, obviously get away from that Cowboys and Chiefs game. I think we got some big upside here from Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. We'll wrap there for Sia and Mike. I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching Fantasy Football Today DFS. We'll be back again on Tuesday where we recap Week 11 and take an early look at Week 12. We will see you then. 